Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Y'all, I'm so sick of sitting in this house. I haven't left my neighborhood in more than 11 days. And I don't know when I'll leave again. Theoretically, we have everything that we need. The politicians keep saying that this week is a very crucial week. I feel like they say that about every week. Technically, Maryland is on lockdown until the end of April. But Virginia, our kind of neighbor, DMV, is officially locked down until June 10th. So that doesn't really bode well for us. The mayor of D.C. just said earlier today that they are expecting a surge in June or July. So I'm like, is this area going to be locked down until then? The upside is L.A. seems to be doing a really great job at flattening the curve. Our mayor just, I don't know if mandate is the right word. There's no fine for not doing so, but has strongly suggested that if you are going to leave the house, then you should have your face covered, which makes sense, but also presents a unique problem for black folks, especially black men. One of the suggestions was, well, if you don't have a mask, just wear a bandana. And I was like, so black men who are already racially profiled as criminals are supposed to walk around with bandanas on, which until this pandemic was an outfit stereotypical of bank robbers and gang members. And this is what you want black folk to walk around in. I don't know if that's a great idea. Black folk gonna have to find some official masks so people understand, oh, they're, you know, trying to stay safe, not trying to rob shit or organize gang activity. You know, white folks just jump to conclusions. This coronavirus is just ruining everything. My aunt passed away last week, not from coronavirus. She, um, I don't really feel like it's appropriate to put her medical diagnosis, but she was a woman, I would say, probably in her late 70s. She passed away surrounded by her her children. Her husband had passed some years earlier, but her four grown children were with her when she passed away. Of her four children, two are around my age and then two are about 10 years older than me. The youngest of them were like my brothers and the older two were my babysitters when I was a kid. Used to take me riding on go-karts. I have a keloid on my knee. That's actually not from the go-kart. That was from playing leapfrog on cement, which was not a good idea. But one of those things that happens when you have teenagers watching little kids. She was a very lovely woman. She could cook herself off. She was a Christian woman, so I won't curse in any reference to her. But she passed away. I did not know that she was sick. I follow, like all of my cousins, on Facebook. And one of the guys made an update and he's like, I regret to inform that my mother got her wings today, has gone to be with my father, something like that. And I was like, wait, what? And I scrolled back up and looked at the name and just burst into tears. I understand completely why people post announcements of of death on Facebook so you don't have to call 50 million people and repeat the same thing over and over. I get it. It's a little alarming, just FYI. In any other circumstance, I would have gone to Houston for the funeral. My family would have gone to Houston for the funeral. She's an amazing woman. I'm not just saying that because she passed. I thought she was amazing when she was alive, but still. But her funeral had to be live streamed 
Only her immediate family was allowed to attend a live stream. Like it just, live streams are for concerts. Live streams are for TED Talks. I get it. You want to be able to participate in the funeral somehow, but it just seems so impersonal because it is. But I could not watch the live stream. I just, I don't want to watch a video stream of my aunt in her casket. That's just, even the casket's closed. Still, it's just, I couldn't do it. And then afterward, (laughs) my cousin sent me the YouTube link in case I missed it. So I was like, oh, maybe they could see who logged on and who didn't. But I was just like, so now the funeral's on YouTube? Which I get it. You know, folks want to participate. Folks want to pay their respects the best way that they can. But I just like to remember her as she was. Last time I saw her, she had come up for President Obama's inauguration. Not the last time I spoke to her, but the last time I saw her. The last time I spoke to her was during the flood in Houston. Her house had flooded and she was on the second floor because the first floor was flooded out. And I was like, what's the plan? You're telling me that your first floor is flooded and that you're on the second floor of the house. And she was like, yes. And I was like, well, what are you going to do if the second floor floods? And she was like, oh, um, I'll go into the attic. And I was like, and is there a plan after that? Because houses are underwater. This is not working for me. Have you called 911? And she was like, yeah, they suggested that I go on the roof. And I was like, your plan, so I understand, is to, as a 70-something-year-old woman, to climb on the roof? And she was like, yeah. And she said it so calmly. And I was like, okay, she's in shock. So I called my cousin, her oldest son, and I was like, bruh, have you talked to your mom? And he was like, yeah, I talked to her. And I was like, are you aware that, that your, your childhood home is, is, you know, flooded on the first floor and your mom is on the second talking about climbing on the roof? And he was like, yeah, about that. I'm trying to find a white man for boat. And I was like, okay, are you on that? He was like, yeah, I'm on it. He was so calm. And I was like, sir, your mother is talking about climbing on the roof. And he was like, yeah, because I know. Sometimes you just got to let people handle shit their own way. Like I'm in D.C. There's nothing I can do about it. It's your mom. Obviously, I'm concerned, but you're, you know, in the same city. So I I sat and I waited because he said he was trying to find a white man. And I figured, you know, he ain't going to let his mom drown or climb on the roof. He'll figure it out. So indeed, he did. He went and found a white man and the white man had a boat. And he and the white man in the boat went through the streets you're supposed to drive on and went and got his mama out the house. And then he posted the video of him not rescuing his mama, but him in the boat with his mama in the boat. And I guess the white man was driving the boat. I didn't see the white man. But in the video, my cousin was like, God is so good. God is so good. And so I hit him up and I was like, sir, you just had to rescue your mama who was talking about climbing on the roof. I mean, God is good. But like, really? This is your mood right now? And he was like, God is good. Mama good. Wife good. Kids good. Why wouldn't I be good? That's the level of Zen. I need in my life. It's a testament to the kind of woman my aunt is that she raised a son who in the middle of like, you know, a flood, be like, God is good. Oh, she was such an amazing woman. May she rest in peace. I'm really, really sad that she, both that she passed and that I wasn't able to go to Houston to pay my respects. Really amazing woman. So, 
Let's talk about the people who still want to go to church on Easter. Easter is this Sunday. Folks still talking about I'm going to church. There is a global pandemic. 95% of the country is under stay at home orders. People are being encouraged to wear masks in public and to practice social distancing. This pandemic is not a game. As of today, the death toll, I want to say when I passed through the living room earlier, I stopped watching TV. My dad watches CNN obsessively. But when I passed through this morning, I want to say the death toll in America was something like 12,000. If it wasn't 12,000, it was approaching 12,000. Y'all sound crazy talking about I'm going to church for Easter. Y'all sound crazy talking about I'm keeping my church open for Easter. I'm not the most religious person in the world, but I am religious. I did attend church for most of my formative years, some of my adulthood. I haven't been in a year or so, but occasionally I dabble with church online. And I say that because folks just seem to think I'm just not religious at all. Anytime I say anything about Christianity, people be like, well, you don't understand our beliefs. And I'm like, huh? I I, I don't know where people get that one from. I'm like, is it because I curse a lot? A lot of ministers curse a lot, too. They love Jesus. I don't quite know where y'all get that one from. But from what I recall, when I did attend church, I mean, I picked up bits and pieces. But I do recall in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. You ain't got to go to church for God to be present. You ain't got to go to church to have church. I get why people want to worship together. I don't get why y'all feel the need to do it in the middle of a pandemic. Churches are absolutely sacred space. I mind my mouth and my manners when I'm inside one. I make sure the hem of my garment hits around about my knee. I try to be decent about it. But like... There is nothing specific about crossing the threshold of a church. A cross and a white Jesus on the wall don't stop the Rona. Do you think you just suddenly going to cross the threshold and the Corona can't come in there? I don't even understand that logic. You will die. There's a Florida pastor, Rodney Howard Brown, the river at Tampa Bay Church. He was arrested for endangering the public. He held two church services on March 29th, about 500 people apiece. The the sheriff had his ass arrested because he had all them people in there and they weren't doing no social distancing. They weren't no six feet apart. The sheriff said, quote, his reckless disregard for human life put hundreds of people in his congregation at risk and thousands of residents who may interact with them this week. The Florida governor finally issued a stay-at-home order, but that stay-at-home order doesn't bar churches from holding services. Now, Pastor Howard Brown, he closed his church on Palm Sunday. He said he hasn't decided what he's going to do for Easter. There's another pastor in Baton Rouge. He's very upset. He won't close. He says we, as in people of faith, are being persecuted by being told to close our doors. Anybody persecuting y'all ass? They're trying to save y'all lives. There's a Las Vegas church. Joseph Guy, Pastor Joseph Guy, he said they're going to have their Easter. They're going to practice social distancing. And when the church is full, they will have drive in church, which good. But then he went on to say he doesn't understand why alcohol is considered essential, but not church. Sir, the bars are closed. 
the alcohol, people go into the store and they leave the store. They go into the store, they buy the liquor and they leave the store. The reason alcohol is still available is one, to pacify the masses. And two, for people who are extreme drinkers, alcoholics, going cold turkey creates even more health problems when hospitals are overrun. And I'll be the first to say church is essential. If you are a church goer, I absolutely understand. Church is essential. I don't understand why you need to go to a physical building to have church. Once again, when two or three are gathered, it's in the Christian handbook. It's in the Bible. I don't understand why you got to gather with 500 other people or 50. I don't understand why you can't just do online church. Like I get it. You're going to miss Easter. I get it. Easter and Christmas are sacred holidays for Christians. One is when he was born. The other one, when he was resurrected, I get it. You can honor Jesus on zoom. You can honor Jesus on live stream. I know it's not the same, but you trying to have the same and be dead. Try something different and live. I assure you one day the world will reopen and church will resume. That first Sunday is going to be like Easter. It's going to be a pageant. But for this Easter, don't be so busy trying to honor God that you meet God. Meet him later. Not right now. Stay a while. Even the Pope. Catholics were like, look, Pope, stay at home orders worldwide. There's a pandemic. What are we supposed to do? How do we confess our sins? Because we want to practice our religion. The Pope is like, look now. Going to the priest right now is not the best idea. Why don't you just go directly to God? That's like, I don't quite remember all the ins and outs of Catholicism. I only went to Catholic school for like six years, but I remember the basic. One of them is you got to confess to a priest. That's one of the foundations of Catholicism is you confess to the priest. The Pope was like, nah, we'll pick that back up at a later time. Really? The Pope is changing the basic tenets of Catholicism. That's how serious this is. But you want to go to church. White Jesus on the wall will not protect you from coronavirus. A church steeple will not protect you from coronavirus. Holy water will not protect you from coronavirus. The wine and the juice that you want to call the blood of Jesus will not protect you from coronavirus. The little cracker, the body of Christ will not protect you from coronavirus. Stay your ass home. Speaking of staying at home, honey Graham. Stedman Graham, Oprah's view of like 35 years now. A couple weeks ago, Mr. Stedman had a speaking engagement and he flew to said engagement. But Stedman brought himself home and Oprah was like, oh, no. Oh, no, we're going to be social distancing. Social distancing does not mean you go and sleep in the same bed with the person when you just got off American Airlines. Absolutely not. Now, in fairness, Oprah is in her mid-60s, and she'd had bronchitis last year, so she's not in, like, the bestest of health. So Stedman, for the last two weeks, has been staying in the guest house. And please keep in mind, Oprah's guest house is the size of, like, everybody else's regular big house. Like, it's a big guest house. He was in a nice, comfortable living arrangement. He was just in there by himself. And Oprah was like, look, he did not take this seriously. He wanted to go travel, which, you know, that he's free to do. But he's not free to come home and be in my bed. She would go and see about him, take him some food. And he would have his head out the window and they talk through the window. It was a pleasant experience. Oprah had been documenting it. So today, O Magazine did a little video with Stedman being freed from the guest house. She did an interview. They were like, oh, Stedman's home. He gets out today. And she was like, no, no. 
think it's out of 2 p.m. She meant the whole 14 days, every hour of that 14 days. So she has two girls from her school in South Africa who are staying at the house and they sang a little song. They act like it was Mandela getting out of prison. Stedman came out. He gave Oprah a big hug. They were walking up to the house. Stedman is like, free at last, free at last. It's like, sir, you are not Martin Luther King. This is not the March on Washington. 14 days. You were no Mandela. 27 years in confinement. You were in plush accommodation, sir, with home cooked meals each step of the way. I, we didn't talk about this. I thought we did. And then I realized that I didn't. Um, Idris, Idris Elba, the Idris, and his, his wife, Sabrina, Idris is head over heels, deeply, deeply in love with that woman. Like the way that he speaks about her, the way that he photographs her, the way that he looks at her, like Sabby makes Idris happy. And so that makes me happy, period. No hate, no Vesta congratulations, just genuine. I like Sabby. That's it. Idris realized that he had been, I want to say, wasn't it he was with the Canadian prime minister? Isn't that where he may have contracted coronavirus? Anyway, he and Sabby were apart when he realized he had been in the presence of someone with the virus and he took a test and he called Sabby and said, I'm waiting on my results. From what I read, Sabby was not with him at the event where he, he contracted the virus And she was not with him when he took the test and was awaiting the results. She flew to be with him after she found out. Her logic was, she said, as soon as I heard that Idris was exposed, I wanted to be with him. I think that's an instinct as a wife. You just want to go and take care. I made the decision to want to be with him and still touch him. She continues, I could have made the decision to put myself maybe in a separate room or stay away. And I'm sure that people are making those decisions and they're tough decisions to make. Oprah had the same thought on this that I did. Quote, Sabrina is 30, 40 years younger than I am. I think it makes a difference. I think even at 30, even for Idris Elba, I'm not catching Corona for you. Not willfully. And people are like, well, what is she supposed to do? Her husband is sick. I'm like, they were in separate places. I'm not saying stay in your separate place. Like if he's in one country and you're in another, or he's in one city and you're in another, that you should just stay in separate cities. Maybe get an Airbnb nearby, a hotel. I don't know. Wear a mask, something. And keep this in mind. Like I'm divorced. Maybe I'm missing some basic wife protocol here. I am not willfully contracting a virus that could potentially kill me. The thinking has been that people who are young, people who are healthy, they'll just get really sick and then they'll be fine. Nah, bruh, I'm not willfully getting really sick for you either. People are like, well, what are you supposed to do if you live in the same house with somebody? You stay in the bedroom because you're the sick. The sick gets the bed. I'm going to go sleep out here on the couch. I'm going to take care of you. I'll feed you some meals. I'll Lysol stuff down. I'll happily cook. I'll happily clean. I don't want you to suffer, but I ain't going to be laying up under you. And people are like, well, what do you do? Like when your husband has the flu, my husband has the flu and I lay in the bed with him. Do you? I mean, that's a choice that you choose to make. Your marriage, your life, carry forth. I also saw a lot of married people. They were like, yo, that's some newly married shit. A lot of 20 years in was like, I ain't catching the flu for that man. I love that man. I'm not going to abandon that man. I'm not going to catch the flu for that man. You sound crazy. They were like, that's some young people ish trying to prove they love. 
My love is proven. We 20 years in. You know I love you. That's why you got the bed. That's why I'm still cooking for you. That's why I'm cleaning this house. That's why I'm bringing you some medicine. But I ain't getting sick for you. My friend had coronavirus. He is early 30s, healthy, young. And last week's episode, I read his description of how it feels and the sickness that he experienced. And he's in recovery, but still not fully back to normal. But he was like, yo, this is just bad. It's terrible. I mean, even people who recover, they're like, this is trash. This is horrible. This is the sickest I've ever been in my whole life. I'm not trying to go through that. I'm good. Other people were like, but Demetria, the vows say in sickness and in health. And I was like, is that the interpretation? I missed that. Again, divorce. Maybe I misinterpreted that. I thought in sickness and in health meant that you don't abandon somebody when they're sick. Not that you willfully go and catch what they got. I remember my ex, we weren't, we weren't in good standing at all. It was one Thanksgiving. I was going back home to be with my parents because that's how bad it was. And his back went out. I was getting ready to leave. He's laying on the floor with the heating pad, like literally laying on the floor in front of the couch. And I was like, are you all right? And he was like, no, obviously And I was like, okay, as your wife, even when we're not in good standing, I just can't as another human to another human, especially my husband. We ain't good, but we did take vows. I can't leave you on the floor like this. I stayed. Turned around to bite me in the ass. That's a whole nother story. Anyway, that was my understanding of sickness and health. I didn't think that it meant I get sick too is an act of solidarity. I'll take care of you. I won't abandon you, but I get sick too. I don't know. Maybe I misread, misinterpreted. I'm just saying. I had to go look earlier today to see if Savvy's okay. Idris had been posting. I did see that on his Instagram, he said that they were doing fine. So I'm glad that in her expression of love for her husband, that she did not get sick. She may have been infected, but she did not fall ill. So that makes me, that makes me happy. I was very genuine when I said that I like Sabby. I want the best for her and Idris. He's very, very happy. So I want them to be very, very happy. That's that. Other happy couples. Jeannie and Jeezy are now engaged. I think they are just the cutest, most delightful people. They just look happy as hell together from the very beginning. As soon as it came out that they were dating, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I saw the pictures of them and I was like, oh, they have energy. Their energy matches. Initially, if you put it on paper for me, I'd be like, really? I don't I don't see that happening. But then once I saw them together in a picture, I was like, oh, yeah, they got the same energy. That works. They both grown. Jeezy's 42. Jeannie's 41. I don't think he's been married. I think he was in a long term relationship with the mother of child. She was married. I want to say 10 years. She and her husband famously divorced. Allegedly because she didn't want kids. It's probably a lot deeper than that, but let's go with that. But she seems genuinely happy with Jeezy. She told a story once. She had to go to the airport. I want to say she had to leave his birthday party to go, and she was just going to call a car or something. And he was like, what? I'm going to drive you to the airport. And she was like, but it's your birthday. And he was like, and I'm going to drive you to the airport, and then I'm going to come back. I'm not just going like, just put my woman in a car and send her to the airport and she's going away. What? She was like, I didn't even know that that was an option. Like the kind of guy who will 
leave his own party to drive you to the airport. So I was like, look, sis leveled up. Nothing about Jeezy seemed like he was the type of dude that would leave his own party and drive somebody to the airport. And I was like, oh, he really likes her. He's in it. He's in it for real. And now he proposed. Apparently, they were supposed to be traveling to Vietnam. Corona, you know, shut down everything. But Jeezy was committed to the idea. These men, when they all in, they be all in. Jeezy was like, oh, no, I'm putting a ring on this finger. I am going to be a fiance. Men like that shit, too. Not just women. Men love to tell people, oh, yeah, I'm about to get married. My fiance. (laughs) They couldn't make it to Vietnam. So Sir went and got a bunch of Vietnamese food and proposed. Put a rock on it, too. Very pleased. Very happy for them. I like them bunches. The energy. I keep talking about that, but it's so it's so hard to come by. J-Lo and A-Rod have it. They have energy. Plus, they're just like a match. It's like, oh, you two should have been together the whole damn time. But they might not have been right for each other previously. Timing is everything. You could be two really amazing people who are meant to be together. But if y'all not both in the space where y'all can appreciate the other person, it ain't gonna work. Even if you're good people who genuinely care about each other, everybody got to be in the right mind space to do what it takes to be in a relationship. But they got it. Erica Badu and Andre had it. I mean, clearly that didn't work out because seven is, what, 18? Seven's grown, grown. So that's been over for like 20 years. But they had it. Their energy. She also had that energy with Common. And Common is, let's move along. Let me know who else y'all think has like good energy. Like the couple just makes sense. Even if you wouldn't see it on paper, but when you see them together, you're like, oh yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm." Y'all want to go happy or y'all want to go sad? We'll do both. I'm going to briefly breeze through one, even though it's a heavier topic. I just feel like it'd be socially irresponsible not to mention, but I'm just, I'm tired of talking about this damn coronavirus. It's, it's draining me. My energy is so drained. Black people and coronavirus, black people are being disproportionately affected, which shouldn't be a surprise to most people, but seems to be. At the very beginning of coronavirus, even when they were like, oh, young people can't get it. But they were like, the people who are most vulnerable are old people, people with compromised immune systems, people with underlying health issues. And then they started running down the health issues, which were heart disease, um, diabetes, hypertension, obesity. And I was like, oh, all of these issues disproportionately affect black folks. But then there was like this rumor sort of at the beginning, they were like, oh, black people can't get it. And then two weeks later, all over Facebook was a rest in peace because someone's aunt had passed away, mom had passed away, dad, granddad, sister, like black folks was dying in droves. I told you I stopped watching the news, but I did see that many people were sharing a clip of Dr. Fauci at the White House press conference explaining why black people are disproportionately affected by coronavirus. No real solution offered other than stay indoors. The other issues, the hypertension, the diabetes, the heart disease, the obesity, those are things that can't be immediately resolved to make people less vulnerable in this moment. I can't say that I would have predicted that black people would be so adversely affected. Not a lot of states have released their racial information, but those that have Illinois, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, North Carolina, 
They show that blacks are dying at a disproportionate higher rate compared to white. In Michigan, African-Americans account for 14 percent of the state's population, but 33 percent of coronavirus cases and 40 percent of deaths. In Louisiana, 70 percent of deaths related to coronavirus were African-American. African-Americans make up 32 percent of the state's population. I'm reading those stats from an article in USA Today. It's just sad. I think if you are if you are African American and you listen to this podcast, I'm probably preaching to the choir. I think most of my readers have good sense. Stay indoors. I know it's not possible for everyone. There was a a photo circulating earlier this week from New York, April 2nd, 6 p.m., the 2 train. It was a very crowded train. Most of the people on it were black. A lot of the essential workers Your bus drivers, your MTA workers, your Instacart folks, your Amazon warehouse people, your cashiers. A lot of the people in the service industry are people of color. A lot of people in the service industry are black folk. A lot of your nurses, especially in New York, Caribbean women. I don't know what the percentage of nurses with a Caribbean background are in New York, but it's like a thing. A lot of Caribbean women become nurses. It's a steady job, pays well over time, good benefits. A lot of people that are essential workers are black folks. They don't have the luxury of staying home. The ability to stay home and be comfortable in your home is a privilege. Everybody is not able. A lot of people want to. Please believe everyone who's an essential worker out here dealing with the public, putting their lives on the line every time they leave the house, they would much rather be at home. All the people on that train would much rather have been at home. You might have one or two random people who were just out just to be out. There's always a couple crazy. But even on a regular good day in New York, rush hour, if you can, you avoid getting on the train. In the dead of winter, it's hot and funky because there's too many damn people. Everybody got an attitude because we all crowded in there together. During a pandemic, nobody wants to be crowded on a damn train, even if you don't want to be in the house. There are a multitude of reasons that black people are being adversely affected. Underlying health issues, a result of a plethora of reasons, food deserts, inadequate medical care, unemployment when employment is tied to health insurance. It's just a mess. And for the people who are like, yes, this virus is exposing all the racial inequalities, all the class inequalities. No, that shit was pretty much on Front Street for all the people who've been living it all these years. It exposed it to the folks who weren't living it. The folks who just overlooked it. Now the people that you used to pass by and not think twice about are a health threat to your ass. Now you're thinking about it. I'm moving on. Not because there's not so much more to say about this topic. I'm just tired of talking about it. I really just want to talk about dumb shit. I need a distraction. Sometimes I really do think about covering things that have more depth. Sometimes I want to be on the panels with like my really super smart friends who talk about really deep and important topics all the time. And then I'd be like, but do you really want to talk about that shit? I don't. I'm actually good right where I am. Hmm. As a guy I used to date when I asked him difficult questions that he didn't want to discuss would say, next topic. Last but not least, we need to talk about something that completely should not matter, but somehow does because of context and a lack of NDAs. 
Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She has been the subject of so many memes. She's been doing a really great job leading the city of Chicago during this pandemic. She has been very adamant about getting people to stay their ass inside. So much so that she became a meme. Several memes, in fact. She has a really, really stern look sometimes. And so people were photoshopping photos of her with this really stern look into various gathering spots around Chicago, telling people to stay out. It was a real ha-ha moment. With her newfound attention, not just local, but on the national stage, with more people noticing, there have also been more people criticizing. Mayor Lightfoot is a masculine presenting woman. Think like a, like a Lena Waithe or an Ellen. Not the frills, no dresses, always pants. Okay. Mayor Lightfoot does not believe in a tailor. And at a time such as this, this is me acknowledging she ain't got no goddamn time to think about a tailor. Thinking about a tailor is for someone who's not leading a city during a pandemic. Though, I do wish the sewing citizens, the dressmakers and tailors of Chicago might want to slip in a fitting to get some measurements and then go off to their sewing machines and get to work on some pants that may fit for, for the good mayor. I'm not saying now during a pandemic. I'm saying in lighter times when frivolous things can be focused upon. I'd like to see Mayor Lightfoot looking her best in pants that fit. Just to be clear, because y'all get mad at me when I talk about proper attire, this is going to be at least the third time. So I'm prepared for y'all to go off. I'm not talking about doing it during the pandemic. I'm acknowledging that it's a very frivolous thing. I'm also acknowledging that Mayor Lightfoot, by nearly all accounts, is doing a great job leading the city of Chicago. That the state of her pants has no effect whatsoever on her job. I'm also acknowledging that women are overly criticized for their appearance. Being able to look a hot mess and no one says anything is largely a privilege of men. This is me acknowledging this. This is also me acknowledging that I've seen the pants. If you saw the pants, you'd probably think the same thing about the pants. I'm just saying. But a lot of people have been discussing Mayor Lightfoot's wardrobe, her appearance, some memes, put some longer hair and some makeup on her, which I was like, that's too much. She's a masculine presenting woman. She doesn't wear makeup. She doesn't straighten her hair. I'm fine with all that. I just want the pants to be tailored. I think this is a very small thing, an insignificant thing. I'm acknowledging that. But lots of memes about her appearance. Over the weekend, on Sunday, Mayor Lightfoot decided to get a haircut. The haircut was barely noticeable. I didn't notice the haircut. The pictures that they showed, pre-haircut, post-haircut, I never would have noticed. The haircut was only really noticed because, you know, white folks who look at black folks like really don't really notice anything. Unless you change your hair drastically, white folks really don't notice what black people do. She went and got this haircut. Some beautician in Chicago takes a picture with old girl after she gets the haircut. Old girl posts the picture on her Facebook page and was like delighted to cut the hair of Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Thank you for leading Chicago in difficult times. You're doing an excellent job. Something like that. Some right wing Twitter account gets a hold of the picture, posts it to their page, and that's how everyone in Chicago finds out the mayor went and got a haircut in the middle of a pandemic. 
Not that I need to remind anyone, but beauty shops, barbers are closed. Beauticians and barbers are losing money for the greater good, for public safety. People are out here looking a hot mess because they can't do their own hair or cut their own hair. We're all out here sacrificing for the greater good. Some of us are looking a hot mess in an effort to social distance. And the mayor went and got a haircut. Now, the mayor said the reason she went and got a haircut was because she's on a national stage. She's in front of cameras. She's got to look a certain way. And the truth is, she's right. We don't like our leaders looking messy. We don't. If your leader looks disheveled, you're going to be like, that person can't lead. And that actually applies to men, too. I mean, Trump has many, many faults. But one of them is his hair looks crazy. People are like, how do you trust someone with hair like that? Same thing with the head of the UK. Like you're, you're crazy on your own. One of the signs of your crazy is exhibited in your crazy looking hair. Now, I didn't think Mayor Lightfoot's hair looked that crazy. Again, masculine presenting woman. She takes her haircut as seriously as most men do. She thought she was looking wild on the national stage and people were griping about her appearance. So she went and did something about it, which I'm like, okay. You can't complain about the woman's looks. And then when the woman tries to go do something about the looks, you complain about that too. This is the little Kim conundrum. You made fun of the woman's looks. She went and got some plastic surgery. You made fun of that too. You're putting people in positions that they cannot win. You got to give people an option to win. Same thing with Tiny, T.I.'s wife. Y'all made fun of that lady's looks. She went and got a whole bunch of plastic surgery. She went somewhere overseas and she got her eyes turned Smokey Robinson blue. Y'all complained about that too. What you wanted to do. You told her she was ugly. She went and tried to get pretty. Now it's a problem too. This is something we consistently do with women. I'd also like to point out black women and their hair, even on a good natural twist out day, people still got ish to say about black women in their hair. I'm going to point to the fact that there are five states had to pass the Crown Act, which prohibit people from discriminating against black women for the texture and style of their hair. Black women in hair even masculine presenting black women, it's an issue. We are a nation of people who once criticized two little girl gymnasts as they were tumbling, flipping, and sweating. We criticized them for the state of their edges. I had no parts of that. I just want you to know. I defended both of them girls in viral essays. But black women in hair is always an issue. Mayor Lightfoot didn't feel that she was presenting as her best self. People were clowning her on the internet. So even while she's making PSAs, telling people that, you know, dyeing their roots is not an essential service, she did go and get a haircut. That's hypocritical of her, but it's also hypocritical of the people who are criticizing her to criticize her again when she addresses the first thing that they were complaining about. I like Mayor Lightfoot. I think she's effective. The citizens of Chicago seem pleased with her. I like that she wears her expressions on her face and when she's over some shit, she looks like she's over some shit. I appreciate people who either can't or won't bullshit. I like that in a person for obvious reasons. But give Mayor Lightfoot a break. She shouldn't have done it. Actually, she should have done it. What she shouldn't have done was let the woman take a photo and upload it. Wasn't no press person available, no assistant available who was like, no, I don't think this is a good idea with the pictures. I know Chicago's running light on PPE. Y'all ain't got no NDAs in the city either. Let Mayor Lightfoot go and get her hair cut. Because all these other politicians are doing it. Dr. Fauci, I love me some Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci's hair is clipped 
right above his ears. That's a clean cut. It's been a month. Now, maybe Dr. Fauci knows how to cut his own hair. It's a renaissance man. He seems to know how to do 50 million things, including in the middle of this pandemic. Dr. Fauci is running three miles a day, working 18 hour days and still going for late night strolls with his wife. Pence, I always want to know what Vice President Pence is thinking. Trump be up there saying the wildest of shit and Pence barely blinks. No facial expression whatsoever. Pence has had a haircut. That hair is clipped. So maybe he cut it. Maybe someone else cut it. I don't know. But that hair is freshly clipped and not a hair out of place ever. I think that's professionally groomed hair. There's a lot of folks out here getting services done, but they got the good sense not to be photographed. I want Mayor Lightfoot to do whatever she needs to do to feel confident, to be effective and efficient in her leadership of the city of Chicago. If that means she gets a haircut, so be it. Just keep that shit on the low, ma'am. Damn. All right, that's it, y'all. We'll speak again next week. I ain't got shit else to do. So I'll be doing the podcast every week until outside is allowed to be open again. Hopefully by then I'll have an efficient routine and I can continue to do them weekly. I actually enjoy it, to be quite honest with you. I like the editing process too. It takes forever, but neither here nor there. You don't need to know how the sausage is made. You just need to eat the sausage. All right. If you'd like some ratchet and respectable in your life... In between episodes, please follow me, Demetria L. Lucas, on Twitter. I have been tweeting, Facebook or Instagram, or my blog, DemetriaLLucas.com. We've got some new shows coming up. I've got my studio set up here in Maryland. Maybe I'll make a couple videos. We'll see. But tune into my social media sites and you'll see too. All right. Talk soon. Bye.